0: all right here we go <laughs> <laughs> episode three episode four episode four of the not ideal podcast i'm your host former nfl and afl defensive back eric crocker and if you're watching live right now on youtube i have a I have a special guest with me right now it's my wife stevie crocker everybody gives Stevie crocker, crocker a round of applause i i didn't know if you would come on here live like this Why? I mean, it's it's different. Like this is live. So, I do lives on Instagram. Yeah, but this isn't your audience, and you have to be a little vulnerable on it Sounds because scary. you know we we got to talk about the real.
1: Are you gonna embarrass me? No, I'm not gonna
0: embarrass. <laughs> you. I don't think there's any way that I can embarrass you. Mm-hmm. I just think we're gonna talk about the real. Okay. So we do have one of our friends in here, Katie Lozano. Shout out to Katie Yay. in here. All right, but um, let's get into it. So. those of you who know already i have posted i think only maybe one other not yeah one other podcast on here the not ideal podcast is more entrepreneur uh business mind stuff and i thought it would be a good idea to kind of tie my wife into this because i think a lot of us believe that oh when you're doing entrepreneur stuff like it's you like you're your own boss all that good stuff but there's also someone with you if if you're married so for the people that are out there that are married we're going to kind of get to into all of her thoughts because i go through this process not like i'm alone on it but kind of like i kind of maneuver and do my own thing but every decision i make it 100 affects my wife as well so i thought it'd be a good idea to have my wife on and talk about my obsession with sports and like not just my obsession with sports and how she handles that i'm pretty sure a lot of million male males in here they probably deal with that as well like you know being so invested in sports and things like that, or your phone and your wife is probably like, Yeah, you know, get off, spend time with me, all that good stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have my wife on here. She's gonna talk about not just my journey, but our our journey together. Is
1: it our journey?
0: Yeah. Oh, well, because okay. this with my questions, and I have questions written down
1: that I have not been able to see, and that makes me nervous.
0: All right, so I think your dog just farted. But <laughs> <laughs> so my first question for you is. I wanted to kind of introduce people to like us and how we kind of started. So we started dating when we were like 25, 26 years old. And we are now 30. You're 35. I'm 34. I'll be 35 this month. But So it clearly it's kind of a long time ago.
1: Yeah, that is. Almost 10 years.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to kind of get to where we were at. What, what's wrong with your dog? I don't know. All right, here we go. So I wanted to kind of talk about where we were at when we first, you know, started dating because, I mean, obviously I was, I was in playing football and things like that.
1: But but, not for very long.
0: Right. So there was like a huge transition for me. Yeah. And I think these are questions I never asked you, but how did you feel about that? Because you're, you were dating someone and it's like, okay, you know, football player, you know, not like that. Like, not like you dated me because I was a football player, but you know, I went from like, I was doing one thing. And then I had to transition almost into like a whole different life. So what were your thoughts when we were kind of going through that process of me trying to find whatever the hell I was going to do moving forward?
1: Um, Well, I can only speak for myself because everybody's different. But for me, it was like you said, it was never really about um, you being a football player. It was more on like a friendship level. Like I feel like we were really able to establish a friendship early on. Um, And I think that's really what has brought us along all these years. So when you were transitioning from football to whatever your next journey was going to be, which we didn't know what the heck he was going to do. It was more so of just like, how can I be there for him emotionally? Like, how can I be there to support him? And, you know, because that's a huge thing to I mean, every little little boy's dream is like, oh, I'm going to go to the NBA or, oh, I'm going to go to the NFL. I mean, even my own son, like that's his plan A is he's going to go to the NBA. And so, you know, when you finally reach that and it doesn't go as planned, that's like a huge hit to your ego, I'm sure. And, you know, you probably start to like question yourself and your abilities. And so for me, it was just like, okay how can I help him through this? Like, what can I do to be there for him? Um, How can I help him kind of like find his new way? And that's really kind of what my mind frame was. It wasn't about like, Oh my gosh, like he's not, he's not playing football anymore. Like it was just like, how can I help him on a more personal level?
0: All right. And that's the big thing, I think, because a lot of people, and especially going through that transition and you know me, I'm not, I'm not very like emotional and I typically don't speak on a lot of, how I feel, I just kind of go with the flow of things. So yeah. for you to still, you know, mean maybe not verbalize where I was from a mental standpoint, but you still, you know, be there for me throughout that process. That that, that really meant a lot. That really meant a lot to me. All right. So I wanted to ask you because I just talked about my mental and you and I, we've gone through different things and you had your, Uh, mental situations. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to word it. but Yes. You had a breakdown.
1: I did. I did. I had a mental breakdown, if you want to call it that. Um, The scariest thing that I've ever had to encounter in my life. And I don't wish that upon anybody. Um, I guess, I mean, medically, they didn't like say, oh, she's having a mental breakdown. Um, There's some diagnoses that were given to me, but like That's what my brain felt like. Like, that's what my body. I mean, you saw me the state that I was in. And like, it just was everything just gave out. Like, so to me, whether the doctors want to say that's what it was or not, to me, that was a mental breakdown. So I don't know if you want me to go into detail about what...
0: Well, I try to be as open. Again, we don't have to talk about anything that you don't want to speak on. But I know for me, it was scary. You know, I get a phone call. I'm in the middle of watching. So this is 2019 of 49ers. I'm at the 49ers game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I get Mm -hmm. a call from my wife, like, in panic. Yeah. And that was scary that was scary I mean obviously I know it was scary for you but it was scary for me too because as someone who you know I haven't had to deal with uh anxiety depression not in that way right like not to the point where it like you know affects my like mood or not that I've noticed that yeah
1: no not at all
0: (laughs) but to try to be there for someone that you see is clearly struggling with someone that was that was tough for me but I guess. How do you think I handled that?
1: Um, I don't think, and I tell people this all the time. Um, I couldn't have gone. I had. I couldn't have gotten through that situation without you. For somebody that, so mental illnesses run in my uh, in my family. Like there's um, severe depression, severe anxiety, um, on both sides of my family. So. As long as I tried to, you know, sweep it under the rug and pretend like, oh, I'm not going to be like them. It's not, it's not me, you know, and the truth was that it, it was, and it, it, I didn't pay attention to it. So, but for you, like, as long as I've been around your family, I don't see or have heard anybody that struggles with those same type of situations. So for you, that was like completely foreign. You're just like, what do I do with this? I can only imagine what was going through your head. And now that like, I'm okay. I look back and I'm like this poor, poor man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he did an amazing job. I mean, you, you did the best that you could. And I really, he would not leave me alone. Cause I w- I was scared to be alone. Um, I was scared to be alone. I had no control over my thoughts, my emotions. I mean, literally like we'd be Talking and having a conversation and then everything would just hit me all over again and I would just break down crying and i'm in fear you guys like i'm not even like oh my gosh i'm anxious like i'm literally in fear for like every minute of every day for almost 30 days straight it was so scary i had no appetite i wasn't eating um it was really scary and he would not leave my side like the he took off work for a while and then at some point, obviously, we had to pay the bills, and so he decided to go back to work. And it was the first night that he went back to work, and nights were the hardest for me. Um, and so he decided to go back to work, and he's like, "Call me if you need me," you know. And I'm like, "Okay," you know. He's like, "Do you want me to stay home?" And I'm like, "No, like we can't live like this forever. Like we have to try to move forward." And so um, I think I lasted like two hours. I think I lasted like two hours by myself. And without him there, my body just started completely shaking. I mean, you guys, it was uncontrollable. Like I could not, I was just breaking down all over again. And I called him and I'm like, please come home. And he was there within like 30 minutes. Like he was with me around the clock. He did not care what his boss had to say. He did not care what he was missing out on. Like so for somebody who doesn't have any experience or knowledge with mental illnesses, um, you did an amazing job. And I am forever, ever grateful for it. And I tell people that all the time when I talk about my situation that I could not have gotten through that without you. I yeah. mean, he even started um, Googling yeah. Cause we didn't know what was going on. Like I had never experienced, I mean, I've, I've always had anxiety and I know what that feels like, but what I went through where it was just like this switch where my mind, my body was just like, girl, you're done. Like, that's it. Like we're done. <laughs> we're, I'm, I mean, I had no control over my thoughts. I'm having these crazy thoughts which is what sent me oops sent me into that panic state. So then I was scared to be alone cuz I thought I was going to be acting on these thoughts and I mean there's a whole bunch of science and research that I had to do to understand it, but I mean we didn't know what was going on with me. So he I mean got on his phone and we're like googling and trying to figure out like is she having like a psychotic breakdown and you know like it was it was really really intense you guys. It was really it was a really hard time for us, but it made us stronger. And, um, I'm definitely grateful that you were there because I can see why people who don't have that support system. Um, and this is going to sound really harsh to say, but I can see why people who don't have that support system and deal with like mental illnesses, um, commit suicide because I don't know if I would be here today, if I didn't have him around the clock with me, because that's how out of whack, my, my brain was going. So,
0: so you have a lot of questions on this. All right. And it's good to see one. There was a question about, um, there are medications to help with that. So do you want to touch on some of the yeah. things that you've been, you know, or you had to take or yes. some of the things you did? Someone asked about, uh, I think it was counseling or therapy and things like that. So I know you kind of did some of those things.
1: Yeah. So I I did all of the above. <laughs> um, so before the situation initially happened, I was. So the one thing that people don't understand when they're new to mental illnesses too is that like the medication is a trial and error process. And I had to learn that the hard way. So when when a doctor, you know, there's the popular medications that you're, you know, the, the most common ones, and you go into the doctor and you tell them, oh, I'm having anxiety, or oh, I'm, you know, feeling depressed, there's like three or four most common medications that they'll put you on. They'll just slap you on that, right? Go home in 30 days. If it's not helping, let me know and we'll switch you to something else. Well, a lot of times people don't like the side effects and so they just stop the medications. Well, the truth about those type of um, that type of therapy is it's a huge trial and error process. So if you're having side effects that you don't like, instead of just stopping, you're really supposed to tell your doctor like, hey, I'm jittery. Um, I have um, a lack of sex drive. Like, those aren't normal side effects that you're supposed to have with these medications. And a lot of people don't understand that there's so many different types out there and there's not a one size fits all. So, um, I had to go through a couple different medication combinations. And what I thought was helping me um, really obviously wasn't. And, but I was starting to feel okay. Um, but obviously my anxiety still wasn't under control, which led to the whole breakdown. So what happened afterwards is, um, they ended up doing, it's like a gene. It's like genetic counseling, I guess you could call it. So basically they draw your blood, they send it off to this company and no, your insurance does not pay for it, but it's worth every penny. If you're struggling to find the right combination to help you in this situation. Um, they draw your blood. They they do all this research on your DNA and all this stuff, and they find the perfect fit for you. Okay, and so it'll give you every type of um, anti anxiety medication, antidepressants, um, antipsychotics, and like all of the above. Okay. And it'll tell you, hey, these medications will work for you, and these ones will not. And what's crazy is when I looked at that list, every single medication that my doctor has had me on in the past was on the do not use list because those were the most common ones. So, long story short, um, we did have to change my medications a few times, but we based it off the list that came back saying, hey, these work they will work good for her. And now I can finally say that I am on an antidepressant called Prestige, which is not a very common one. And then I also am on Prozac, which is an anti-anxiety medication, but it also works for um, OCD, which is something that I was diagnosed with. Uh, OCD, which is what I was diagnosed with, but I have uh, what they call intrusive thoughts, which are, it was a form of OCD. So that's why they put me on the Prozac. So, that helps with the dwelling and the obsessing and getting, getting, um, going into panic mode when you have a crazy thought. Because a lot of people, you know, you're driving down the road and you're like, oh, I wonder what would happen, like, if I crashed into that wall. Like, and whether you want to admit it or not, everybody has intrusive thoughts. But with somebody like myself, what happens is I dwell on that and it sends me into a whole panic mode. And that's what that stemmed from. But now it's under control. So,
0: a lot of people have also asked, and you know, about like more natural remedies uh meditation marijuana i know i was suggesting those (laughs) things like man get off these pills like smoke some weed like i'll smoke with you i don't smoke i I don't do drugs at all
1: yeah no he did he was he did he was like you know what i think you just need to get off all the medications and the problem with that, and and we did try that for a little bit. We tried the CBD gummies and stuff like that. Yeah. But the, I see
0: someone in the chat saying talking about uh, CBD as well. Yeah,
1: but the hard part, and the CBD gummies didn't really work. Um, my anxiety is at a level where the CBD isn't strong enough, and anything with THC um, is real risky for me because I'm a nurse. So I can be drug tested at any time, and to me, that just wasn't worth the the risk. Right, it was. Um, more natural remedies. I know that one of the one of the things that Eric took me to in this weird process is um we went to like what is it sprouts
0: in Stockton? In Stockton,
1: yeah. And it's like an all-natural store. So like they have um natural remedies for Tylenol. I mean, you name it, they have like a natural remedy for it. And we we did that too. And um I think that my my situation was just so so intense at that point that I needed something medically stronger. So,
0: you know, and the crazy thing about this, like the craziest part is all of this was happening during a big transition in our life. We were, excuse me, we were preparing to move across the country to Arkansas. Uh, She's going through this. We're trying to figure that out. And then our lease was up where we were living. So instead of signing a new long lease, we actually, had to split up our household, right? Like these are the tough things that we, and it's crazy because now we look at, not to like, you know, but like how we're living now, right? And we're doing (laughs) doing pretty good, right? So, uh, but to get to this point, some of the decisions that we made along the way and, you know, splitting up where, you know, the lease was up and it was like, all right, you went and stayed with your dad in Modesto, I went and stayed with my homeboy Lavelle Hawkins. Shout out to my dog Hawk. Hawk was like huge. Yeah, here with this.
1: He was this such process. a blessing.
0: Yeah. So shout out to my dog Lavelle Hawkins. And so you know we are. You know I'm going to stay with Hawk and he's cool and I'm like all right hey, I'll pay you. He's like nah, crap Don't yeah. worry about paying. Just stack your money up so you know you'll be good for when you have to move and all that. He was definitely. And my dad a blessing. was the
1: same way. My I went into it thinking okay, like you know dad, let me help you because it's you know my dad. I'm my dad's only child, so like here i come with my kids (laughs) you know two of them i have full time and then you know we had um i don't call them step kids i like to call my bonus kids but i didn't want to mess up that routine that i had with them too so every once in a while i was bringing all four kids over to my dad's little house who is a bachelor and you know can have girls over whenever he wants and so i you know would try to offer him money and stuff and he just would not take it so between my dad and Lavelle like they were a huge huge blessing for us to kind of get ahead so that we can make this change.
0: Right. So so finally we make that jump and we move across the country to Arkansas of all places. Right? <laughs> and a, a lot of people ask like Arkansas, how do you live how do you live in Arkansas? But again, we were going through a big transition. We moved into an apartment out here to start off. I was supposed to come out here and coach right? Like I was supposed to come out here and coach college football. That didn't work out. We'll get into that another time. I had to pivot. I started working at a furniture store and our our thoughts were, all right, I'm going to finish getting my degree. You're going to knock out your nursing stuff. And we're just going to head back to Stockton, California once we knock that stuff out. All right. And we came out here in the midst of all this. And I just remember you like feeling like a lot of weight was lifted off of your shoulders so yeah. talk to us a little bit about that we will get to the basis of this show which you know we got 65 of you in here watching right now uh, i do a podcast weekly it drops every wednesday and it's called the not ideal podcast and i talk about a lot of the not so ideal situations with entrepreneurship and a lot of the you know different split second decisions that you have to make and some things that you're really not comfortable with doing and there's been things I wasn't comfortable with doing along the way. And I felt like right now I was in a point to where, all right, Croc, you're doing well. Maybe there are other people out there that go through a lot of the same things as you. And I wanted to show that vulnerable side to let them know like, man, like, you know, here are my goals, here are things I'm I'm doing right now. Uh, Obviously I wouldn't be able to do any of this without my wife, but along the way, it wasn't just like, oh, everything's perfect, right? And and that's that's all of us where, it's it's not always perfect, and we've had to go through so much of this stuff, right? But now we moved to Arkansas, and how was it with you coming out here, a place, you know, you don't know nothing about Arkansas and how it is, but I, I remember you just kind of sitting out there on the patio and having your coffee in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And how was that from, like, a mental state, from, like, kind of clearing your mind, and ultimately starting to achieve some of the things that we wanted to do?
1: So... First of all, let me just say that I am born and raised in California, never lived. Well, I guess if you count like the year that my parents moved to Hawaii and then we came back, but, um, outside of that, like I've never lived in another state other than California. So it was, it was, (laughs) it was interesting. (laughs) Um, but I think. That where I was mentally, I was almost desperate to get out of the situation that we were in. It's really easy to, um, and this is the problem with social media nowadays: is you know, it's really easy to think you know somebody's life. And I think a lot of people on the outside looking in at our life, they're like, "Oh, they're good, they're fine, they have." you know, they're a roof over their head. They have the, they each have their own car, they have jobs and stuff like that. And they have smiles on their faces and, you know, they enjoy each other's company, but nobody knew what I was going through mentally, except for my husband and my mom. And so when we kind of came out about moving to Arkansas, nobody understood, especially the people closest to us. They, but they just, they didn't know what we just went through. And it was so intense. And I think it was it was scary for him too. um that- let's
0: talk about like a little bit this transition. Because again, this is like about entrepreneurship. And a lot of this stuff sparked, like my decision to really go all in on this. All right. But this is how our day was she was waking up she was at LVN at a doctor's hospital in, in M- M- Manteca, <laughs> California. And I was working at The elementary school, I was training athletes and obviously coaching as well. So a day for us was she would wake up first. Uh, She'd be up and out of the house by like 5 a.m. or so. Yeah,
1: because I started work at 6.30.
0: Right. So she'd be up and out early. And I'd have to wake up. I got all the kids ready. I would take the kids to their different schools that Mm -hmm. they were at. And then I would go to work at my elementary job where I was making, after child support came out, $1,200 a month. Yeah. Which is like crazy now like to think like we were trying to live off of that. But anyways, so I was making $1,200 a month. And then I would be there from, you know, 745 until 330. I'd head straight over to the gym and I would train athletes where I would make a little bit more money to where it was. All right. Like at least we can kind of survive. Right. And I wouldn't be done until what? Eight o'clock at night or so or 830 at night. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, really going from sunup to sundown while she would work until two But she'd be on call a lot. So if she's on call, she gets called in um, a certain amount of of times per week. Like she had to do it uh, on certain days. And on top of that, we had our kids that were in different sports. We had to take care of them. You had to cook dinner. You were in school knocking out all your prereqs Mm -hmm. to enter the nursing program on top of, you know, getting called in at any moment. So it was hectic. We did that for a few years. I mean.
1: Yeah, at least two years.
0: At least two years where we, it was just nonstop, like nonstop. Go, 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 So then uh, fast forward to moving to Arkansas and we moved in the middle of the pandemic. So I think that might've helped a little bit, I guess. I mean.
1: I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Well,
0: no, because you got the, uh, what was it? Like unemployment, the stimulus, not stimulus. The you know they were giving out the monthly money,
1: I, we we didn't get that yet. That hadn't kicked in yet.
0: Oh, uh, so yeah, still struggling with that. But anyways, um, we we were just it was just go 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 go. So we're like, man, we gotta <laughs> gotta figure it out. And I'm here, so I make phone calls. And it I, was
1: bad, you guys. Yeah. It was really. We were literally just coexisting, like or like not. I mean, taking shifts. It was literally like taking shifts. Like, okay, I'm home now. Here's the kids. I got to go. And then when he came back home, it was like, okay, I got to go to sleep now. Or, hey, um, I got called in. I got to go to work. You're out you're you now. Would,
0: sometimes you would bring the kids to the gym. Yeah. She would drop the kids off at the gym where I was training athletes and stuff like that. So uh, that was a tough time. So then we get out here and we're able to kind of relax a little bit. It was much more feasible from a financial standpoint. Yeah. And to where, like, okay, we can survive while we're not making – Good money, right? Where yeah. not making any money, really, right? So uh, I ended up getting a job at at a furniture store when I first came out here. We actually went furniture shopping, and we ran into a beautiful family, the Rawls. I love them, Sam. They the Cindy. adopted us. Yeah, <laughs> and we're just talking, and they're just looking at us like, man, where are y'all from? Cause y'all not from here, and they're Definitely real country. Like, like they, if y'all hear them talk, like they're real country. And from there, they're just like, do you want a job? You know, like just in their country voice. And I'm like,
1: I ain't, sure. gonna turn, I ain't gonna turn down money.
0: <laughs> right. So I start working there. And I worked there for probably about a year or so. And, and they become like family to us. They're the, right? yeah. They've helped us a lot throughout this transition. But part of it was me stepping away from there. And I have put together a, and a lot of you, if you haven't heard this story already, listen to the first episode of the Not Ideal Podcast. You can find the link in the description below. And I go more in depth for about 35 minutes on all of this. All right. But, um, you know, I ended up just saying, all right, like I'm going to quit this job and I'm just going to go all in on training athletes. Now at this time, I knew there could be a market for me training athletes out here, but it wasn't like I was training a bunch of kids. I had nobody. Mm -hmm. So- here we I didn't even
1: think you were charging at first.
0: Right. So, so here we are. I'm like, all right, I'm going to quit this job. We don't have money. And I'm just like, I'm going to make this work. But I want to ask you as a wife, and because there are people in here that, you know, aspire to be entrepreneurs and things like that. What was that like? Like for you, like, you know, because you kind of lose that security, like that financial security. Yeah. And you have to almost go like on like the faith system.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of times where I've had to just pray that your master plan works out. Um, But you're specifically talking about when you quit the furniture job and I told them, no, he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That made me a little bit nervous because I wasn't really... I wasn't like working. I was working my money business, which is strictly commissioned. So and at that time, I hadn't really built a team yet. So I mean, I was pretty much just making chump change. And um, by this time, the stimulus check was was coming in. So we had that. But outside of his furniture store paycheck, there was nothing, and so when he said, he told them, he said, "All right, guys. Well, it's my last day." <laughs> and I'm like, and he didn't tell me, y'all. Like, we were just in the store, and they were getting ready to close up, and he's like, "All right, well, you know, I love y'all. Thank you so much." And I'm like, "What? What's going on here?" And she's and Miss Cindy was like, "You know, it's his last day." I said, "The hell it is!" <laughs> I said, "I said no. He'll be back." <laughs> he's like, "He's like, no, no, I'm not." And it was scary, but the one thing that I know about Eric is, and I think this is kind of where we um are able to like have a strong bond and built we built a really good foundation, is we're always gonna find a way. And he's always gonna find a way. And I'm always gonna find a way. So no matter it may be tight for a while, um, but we never stay down too long because we we're both just two type of people where it's like, okay, well what do we have to do to make it work? And that's once that kind of set in, I think it was the only reason why that I had that initial reaction was because you didn't tell me that that was your last day and I was there. So of course I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. Wait, we haven't even, I didn't even have time to process it. I just was like, wait, what? But then like when I went home and he broke down the details and told me, you know, this is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. I'm like, I mean, what do we have to lose? You know? Right. So
0: So when you think about kind of where it all has gone and where we're at now, you know, what can you tell to people about like maybe, you know, just believing in themselves or like, because again, we, we quit. When I quit the furniture store, even then I wasn't making a lot of money. It was barely enough to kind of get by to be able to pay bills. But now (laughs) you see how that has paid off. And not to put out, you know, our financial business out there, but doing pretty damn good, right? I mean, went yeah. from, okay, I don't know how much money if we would have added up the furniture store, but I, let's say I'm making $1,200 a month at the furniture store, right? Like hustling, grinding. That is, uh, what, what was it, $15,000, I guess, for a year? And now, now I make $15,000 in a month. So, <laughs> like, how, like... You know, seeing like that transition and kind of how it happened, like what advice can you give to other people?
1: Well, for one, and you've said this many times, is like nobody's going to believe in you like yourself. Like there's I mean, as much as I have his back, like he still believes in himself more than I ever will um even though i support him in majority of everything that he decides to do but you know my biggest thing is always like you don't want to look back 10 15 years from now and think man i should have tried to open that business or you know i should have taken that shot or whatever the situation is you only live once and what's the worst that can happen you fail And then you have to figure out how to get back on track. Like there's worse things that can happen in life. So my biggest thing is if like you are trying to be your own boss and you're tired of working the nine to five and you have this idea in your head and you're truly passionate about it and you know it can work, you just need that right situation. You have to take a chance on yourself. You have to bet on yourself. And he's done that numerous times. And he'll tell me, he'll call me and be like, I have to. I have to be all in. I have to be hundred percent in. Otherwise, this is never going to happen. This is never going to work. And if you don't have that mentality, you, it's not going to work. You have to be able to be all in. Um, so if you don't have a spouse that's supportive, that's going to be really really hard. If you're single, but you, you know, you have this dream life that you want to live, you have to find a way to make it work. Like there can't be a plan B. Like I remember one time we were talking to my son about, you know, his his plan is he wants to be in the NBA. And I said, and I'm like, okay, well, what's your plan B? And he cut me off. He's like, no, there is no plan B. Like there should never be a plan B. It's the same thing with your journey or whatever you want to achieve. There can't be a plan B.
0: If you if you have a plan B, then you're not all in on plan, plan A. So gonna, that's,
1: yeah, because you know in your head that you have something to fall back on. Like, oh, if this doesn't work out. No. That's that can't be in your head. And that's hard though. It's, it's way easier said than done. It's it takes time to condition your mind because you know your body's natural reaction is to play it safe, right? That's just how we're built as humans. So it, it, takes time to learn that skill. It's not something that you can just turn off and on. You have to literally rewire your brain to think, no, this is going to work and there's no other option. So until you can get to that mind frame, stick to your nine to five. <laughs> but you do have to con- condition your brain to think that nothing else is, that this is it. Like I have to be all in, um, and that's just, that's the only way that's going to work. That's how the most successful people end up being so successful is they go all in and there is no plan B.
0: And, and the, I think the crazy thing for me, uh, I, you would think that a lot of the stuff I'm doing, like there's some kind of like, and a lot of people ask me like, man, Croc, like, you know, man, I'm like, I'm so happy for you. Or I'm excited for like, man, look at all you're doing. And man, you must be happy for yourself or you must be proud of yourself. And maybe sometimes I can do a better job of, really kind of think, I thank the Lord for sure, but maybe like kind of, man, you know what, now we're doing damn good. But my mindset is always on like the next thing. So I don't really, I guess, appreciate like this moment, like where we came from. I mean, I feel like I do, but it's not something I ever talk about or it's not anything I ever feel like satisfied about. It's like, I'm always thinking about the next thing. And I think that's the tough part about entrepreneurship. Like, my mind is always going, whether something works out or doesn't, I'm always thinking about that next thing. But for you, you know, it's, well, the next thing was becoming an RN. And this woman right here, everybody talks about how proud of me they are and stuff like that. But my wife, going from the situation she was at, again, I talked about her schedule, which was crazy when she was trying to knock out all her prereqs to be able to enter a nursing program. And my wife taking that leap of faith and going across the country to a place she ain't never been. And then my wife, through all that, like, you're graduating from nursing school in a week.
1: I am. You know what I'm saying?
0: Like, she's going to be an RN. And not only is she going to get, be an RN, she already had job offers, like, lined up before she even, like, graduated. It's like, job offer, job offer, job offer. And she accepted one to be a NICU uh, nurse. Did I say that right? Yeah. A NICU nurse out in Little Rock, Arkansas. But- uh, you know, for me, like the pleasure that I get is because I do. I everything I, like I do. Is,
1: does your wife have any single sisters?
0: <laughs> she does have a sister. I don't know if she's single. I don't
1: know. I can't keep up with her. Um,
0: but everything that I do, it's for, it's for everybody else. Like that's yeah. so that's how my mind works. Like you know, when I'm hustling, or I'm doing my morning show that a lot of people tune in to. Uh, that's not. It's not really for me. Obviously, I find joy in talking about the 49ers, but that's um, another means of being able to provide for my family. That's another means to be able to, you know, (laughs) send child support money, Uh, you know, pay for the bills, pay the cars, uh, pay that gym that's being built outside, you know? Uh, So for me, it's kind of hard to really think about myself throughout all this, but it's been very easy to think about my wife throughout this and where you were when we met nine years ago and working nine hours at the
1: nine hours a week,
0: you know, and to where now you're about to walk across that stage and be an RN. How does that feel?
1: Well, you know, it really didn't, um, hit me until I took my graduation pictures. And then when I got my graduation pictures back, one of them, I was holding, um, balloons up and one said, R, one said, N, and so to see myself holding those initials, um, it made me really emotional because this is something that I've always wanted to do since high school. Um, but I got pregnant at a really young age. I got pregnant at 19. And, um, so my nursing dreams kind of had to take a back seat because I had to provide obviously. And, and I loved where I worked at the time. Um, so my nursing, even though I've always known I wanted to be a nurse, my nursing journey is really kind of, just now starting, I mean, even as an LVN or LPN, depending on where you're at in the United States, um, you get to, you get to do nursing things, but you don't get that full responsibility of being an RN. So you get like a little taste of it and it's opened amazing doors for me. I can't even lie. Like, you know, at working at the school, um, having a really good schedule. This was before I was working at the hospital, but being an LVN has opened up um, amazing doors for me. But now that I'm actually like getting ready to be that, that person that I've always wanted to be career wise, it, it's it's really um, emotional because I've always wanted this. And so it, it doesn't feel real almost. Um, but until I saw those pictures, I was like holding up RN. I'm like, holy crap. Like this is really happening. (laughs) I feel like I've been, you guys, I've been in school forever. Like I've been in college courses forever and people, you know, on my Instagram will always kind of comment when in the past, when I was like taking pictures of, you know, my school books and posting them on my story, they're like, girl, I feel like you've been in school forever. I have, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Because I could only afford to do one class, um, per semester because I had to work full time. Like we had to work full time. So I couldn't do all my prerequisites full time, like a lot of other people. So my journey to get here has been really, really, really long. And um, my son was giving me a hard time at dinner tonight. And he's like, you're 35. And you're just now graduating college. I'm like, look, (laughs) (laughs) I got pregnant with your ass. (laughs) But you know, I don't care. Like, I'm 35. And I have plenty years to go. And I don't care whether I'm 35. And I'm just now reaching my goal. Like it still feels Amazing um, especially with everything that I've had to um, endure over the endure 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 <laughs> over the years and just you know I've worked since I was 15 so to finally be here it's it's absolutely it feels amazing but I I couldn't have gotten this far without my husband at all like at all I would not be here I tried to quit he wouldn't let me quit
0: She tried to quit so she tried to quit in December. So last December or November.
1: It was, yeah, it was sometime during- Like the-
0: November, I'd say, because it was kind of earlier then.
1: And I told her like, one, hell no,
0: you're not finna quit. You done came way too far. We done moved all the <laughs> way out here. ain't no. And it's like, quit and do what? I mean, now obviously I have a business. And, there, and I did want to touch on that because I'm never like, although I feel like I'm doing these things alone with like my things and while she's doing nursing school- she's involved like you know what i'm saying like anything like when i okay i want to do this i want to do that what do you think about this like i do run the things back so we are running we're doing this stuff together but you know it was she was telling me and i'm like like quit and do what like you've been wanting to do this and i told her you if you quit what you won't i won't let you but if you were to quit you will regret it because you're going to, in a few months, because this
1: close. Yeah, I think I was like almost midway through and I was like, I'm not, I can't do this. And
0: it was like, I'm like, in a few months, you are going to be so upset that you quit Mm -hmm. when you did and your friends are going to be walking across that stage. That's
1: exactly what he said. Now granted, okay, I was going off of like maybe two hours of sleep. I had just stayed up all night doing homework and paperwork and studying and then I had to get up at let's see we start clinical at 6:30 in the morning i literally was going off of no sleep so my mind was just like f this like i'm not i'm not doing this you know and but he of course was like no it's not happening i'm like yes i'm going to i'm going to go to be an esthetician instead like f this this is this is bullshit and he's like no you're not i'm like <laughs> yes, I am. he's like, no, you're not. He's like, we didn't move to Arkansas for you to quit. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: So she thought through it. Uh, I did want to ask you, there were a few questions. There, we'll are, I, there was a bunch of questions I know, up I, there. I'm going to get to, I have a few of them okay. start. And if y'all have any questions on anything, feel free, to put them in there and I'll get to them. But uh, I want to ask you before we get to the questions, what, do you have any advice on anyone? Because I hear a lot of people kind of like, there is, I don't want to say a debate about marriage, but there are people that are like, hell, no, nah, I'll never get married, blah blah blah. Then there are some people that are like, marriage is a beautiful thing. So, like, what? How do you feel about marriage? And what do you think has either helped you or where you're like, hell, no, nah, don't get married? Like, what's your th- thoughts on it? And what's helped you along the way?
1: I can only recall out of the nine. Well, we haven't been married nine years. We've been married six years.
0: Going on seven. Going yeah. on
1: seven in November. Um, I can only recall, and this was in the very beginning of our marriage when I, you know, was like, okay, maybe this isn't going to work. But like everyone says the first year of marriage is the hardest. And it is because you literally have to like join your life with somebody else. It's no longer just about you. And even if you're just so madly in love, you still have to, you know mush everything together. So that is that is tough. But honestly, you guys, like I never after that one moment and we worked through that, there was never, I mean, there's never in my mind, no matter what we have gone through, and we have gone through some stuff um about marriage is marriage is overrated or uh I'm not I'm never I'm never doing this again. Like, no, I love being married. Um now granted you have to be married to the right person. Okay. Let's, let's just be honest. You can't just be married to anybody and you have to be with somebody who's willing to um, evolve and um, learn how to communicate and stuff. And it has to, you know, go both ways. But you guys like marriage is one of my favorite things about my life. Um, being mom and being married is literally what I live for. And and some people are like, well, she should live for herself or whatever, but it's that's what that's what lights my fire. That's what keeps me going. That's what I love 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 about my life is that I have somebody who will and has proven this over time and time again, especially like I told you guys earlier, the the whole mental breakdown thing made us so much stronger because I realized that this man truly loves me unconditionally. And for somebody who, um, grew up with male abandonment issues, that was a huge thing for me to realize like, wow, like he's not going anywhere. And he genuinely loves me through whatever. Cause y'all, I was a mess. Okay? <laughs> We're not going to go back there. But that moment for me was like, this is, this is awesome. Like, this is amazing. And To be able to be friends on top of being married is even, it's dope as hell to me. I love it. There's nothing that I would change about our marriage. I mean, maybe a little bit more time together, but I mean, we still, it's not like, oh my God, I don't get any time with my husband. Like we're, we're in our prime right now. Like we're doing our thing, we're establishing our futures. And so it will come.
0: All right. So we're going to get to some of these questions that have started here. All right. And here's the first one. Now that Crocky has been busier, how do you deal with him being away from home more? And, and this is a great question because I it travel a lot. I travel a lot. Yeah. For different things. I was just in Dallas for almost a full week covering the draft.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I traveled back and forth to, you know, obviously, California for Juice and Shane Um. Uh, I mean, i traveled Minnesota to view prospects. I mean, I'm always like kind of on the move. So how do you deal with me being away so much?
1: Well, you, for us, it's it's nothing new because that's how our relationship started. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like we have always spent every single day with each other. I mean, when we first started dating, he was in New Jersey or New York or wherever you were. <laughs> Um, And so that's how it's always been. Um, And then even after he was no longer with the Jets, he was playing um, AFL football and he was in Portland. And then um, he was even with him being in the same state as me, you know, we were what was an hour and a half away from each other. And I had to work and go to school. And he was you know, they kept them busy all the time. So that's nothing new for me. Um, So I've been able to adjust to that over the years. But at the same time, um, I think it takes a secure person because I mean, obviously it's easy to be like, Oh, well, what are you doing when you're out of town? You know, but, um, I think it comes with a lot of trust and, you know, making, making sure that you're secure with your relationship, but it's not as hard as, I mean, people, people ask me that all the time. Like, how do you handle him being away all the time? He's coming back. Right. We have the rest of our lives not going. So, um, Mom
0: said he was in Texas. I think mom was thinking about when I was playing. But we weren't we weren't dating when I was in Texas, Mom. Oh
1: yeah, no, that was before me.
0: Uh so here we go. That Monticello to Little Rock commute is going to be crazy. Yes. But you have a kind of a plan. I do. So do you want to talk about kind of your strategic plan for doing that commute? Which is you you work three days a week, right? Three days on, four days off. Yeah,
1: and it's self-scheduling. So um I schedule myself as long as I complete one weekend a month. Um, I can schedule my make my schedule however i want so um and that was kind of like a big big deal for us too because i originally accepted a job here locally and um and that was going to be easy because the hours were great and they weren't twelves. they were just monday through friday i think it was like seven to two or something like that and so we're like okay cool great you know but then as my nursing program went on, I got to experience different departments and I fell in love with the NICU and the closest NICU to us is in Little Rock or Monroe, but the the children's hospital in Little Rock is like one of the top 10 hospitals in the United States. And, um, my experience there was just so amazing that I left there knowing I need to work there. I have to be there. Um, it's probably Dylan, so I came home and I talked to Eric about it and I was like, I know that this is going to be hard, but like everything in me was like, this is where you need to be Stevie. Cause I didn't know what department I really wanted to work in. I just knew that, um, I accepted this job locally because that's where I had worked before as, as an LPN. And so I was already familiar with that department. So anyways, um, my schedule: I will work my three twelves back to back, and I'll commute the first, um, like the first two days, and then that third, that third day, I will get a hotel right. and stay over. Wait, well, no, so
0: no, or no, no, no you're gonna commute. You're gonna come back the first a, day, night, the first night, and then this, and then when you go back out there, you're gonna stay in the hotel that night, and then, then come work, back then come after back. work. Yeah. So that's how she's gonna manage. That crazy commute. Well, because it is that's a what, good hour and a half. Yeah, because that's so. what
1: I was doing for clinical anyways. Because we had clinical in Little Rock, so that's what we would do. So
0: not a question here, but Katie's over here being thirsty, so she is the single friend. If anybody's looking for her,
1: she got a some single friends.
0: Yeah, she talking about herself. So, um Katie, driven woman, out there in Stockton, California, yeah. and you know whether you looking whether you you know looking for a girl or a house, she can help you. All right? <laughs> So shout out to Katie. <laughs> All right. Uh, question what made you drop it off for a podcast? Great question. So originally podcasting wasn't my goal. It was my training.
1: Well, it was more like a hobby to begin with. Yeah,
0: so I was I was doing it um locked on. I mean not locked on, um uh striking gold. I was making like six hundred dollars a month and it was whatever, cool, a little extra money. And it wasn't until I was signing the loan for the gym I'm building, which is is a lot of money. I don't even know if I've ever told my wife the official numbers. I haven't, huh? We're gonna keep that on the. <laughs> but anyways,
1: I, I don't want to know.
0: But anyways, um, it was when I saw how much I had to pay every month. I'm like, all right, I got to figure out how to make up that difference. So I'm training. I make X amount of dollars right now, training per month. I got to make up that difference somehow. How am I gonna make up that difference? Oh. Maybe I can do something with podcasting. Mm-hmm. So I created a uh I created a Patreon account. I started making money off my Patreon account. Then I started a YouTube channel. All right, I started making money off my YouTube channel. And then other things came: the Locked On Network, uh, Underdog Fantasy. I see Underdog Fantasy. I got like this big old box of stuff that they just sent me. So Underdog Fantasy came, uh, Lion Sports came, and next thing you know, just all the money's just flowing in. And my goal was to get it to the point where I can pay for our house, our cars, and the building without having one client in the gym.
1: But that goes back to, and not to cut you off, but that goes back to um, being all in. Like, there was no other option for him. He was like, he sat down and was like, okay, how am I going to at least cover the bills in in this gym so it doesn't take away from me or us being able to pay our personal, you know, bills? And so he did. He was like, okay, this is my plan. I got to go all in. And he told me his goal. He's like, you know, by September or whatever, I want to make X amount of money. And he did. He reached it and he went, he just went all in. And that's really the the work ethic that it takes to be successful in anything. Like there was no other option for you. You were just like, this is what I have to do. And I have to make X amount of dollars off my podcast in order to be, and you did. So right. there was no plan B for that.
0: All right, here we go. So next question. Uh, <laughs> D can you let your son go in there and answer some questions? Why does he want to answer questions? He about?
1: wants to be on one of your podcasts.
0: All right, come in here, D. Go ahead, come in here. All right, here we go. Um, what did you do with the NFL check? So the NFL, like, you don't make money, like, I think, like people think. Even guys that, like, play, like, a couple years. Like, if you don't get to your second contract, you will make some money. But, I've, like, off of, like, a first contract, just have a seat right there and then I'll bring you on the second.
1: Close the door, son.
0: Um, but, like, off of your yeah. first contract, it's kind of hard to, like, put anything away or make any real money. And especially for me who, you know, I didn't have, like, this, like, NFL career or anything like that. So, yeah, there ain't no NFL money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we go. Do y'all think moving out, out of Cali helped you reach your goals? The military, uh, moving my wife and I to Florida feels like the biggest game changer in our life. Yeah, that's a great question.
1: I have been asked numerous times that question. Um, and aside from like goal wise, um, moving out of California was the best thing for my mental health,
0: yeah. And I think for us too, like from the financial aspect of things, California is so expensive, yeah. and it was, I feel like it's even more like we're talking to Katie because I mean, a goal of mine is to purchase a, a I want to buy a duplex. a duplex out in Stockton because I, I travel out there so much, and um, I want to buy a duplex. And I was like, okay, I'll buy a duplex and I'll just rent out the other side to someone. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking it's gonna be like two hundred fifty thousand or something like that, like you know. And she's like, man, them things over four hundred thousand. I'm like, for some duplexes, so California is crazy expensive right now, and it would have been really hard for me to be like, all right. I'm quitting this job. I'm going all in on training while living in California. I don't know if I would have been able to do that. So that part, that part was, that was, it has helped us a ton being out here. Yeah.
1: I mean, obviously it's not, not ideal. Have y'all told, has he told you guys who actually came up with the, the not ideal title for this podcast? You never told them, huh? No, I
0: don't
1: think I told It was me. (laughs) He called me one day. He said, Man, I need to I need to start thinking of a name for this new podcast that I want to try and I'm like not ideal. And he's like nah. And then literally like 2 minutes later he's like, "Actually, you might be on to something."
0: Yeah, so that was, it how, was me. that was how not ideal came across. Um so we have a question here from one D Weezy and he says, "How do your kids feel about you leaving all the time?" So, we got D, come on D. I'll try to school over. You're going to have to get like right here somehow. So how, this is my son D. So how do you feel about me leaving all the time?
1: (laughs) Honestly, it's all right. Cause then, cause I'm here now. (laughs) (laughs) Cause you're the man of the house now, huh? Once he leaves, I'm the man of the house. He takes control.
0: Yep. All right. So, it sounds like D likes when I, when I leave. So there's that. Do you have anything else? Because I mean, you wanted to come on here. So. No, I'm good.
1: <laughs> That's all you wanted to say. Wow. Okay. Okay.
0: So there's D. He's the man in the house when I when I leave. But if there are any questions, feel free to ask the questions. We will definitely uh, answer those. If it's about marriage, entrepreneurship, whatever it is, feel free to ask those questions. I'm up there. All right. Let me scroll up a little them. bit. All right. Uh, leave me count. No, nah, I feel like we answered them all.
1: Oh, maybe we did.
0: Yeah, look at this. I mean, this gas is crazy. Gas out here is expensive right now, and it's, it's 380. Yeah, I saw we,
1: 393 just the other day.
0: Yeah, and when we first moved out here, it was, it was, 170. was like 170. 163, I think. Yeah, or maybe by the time you got out here, because I came out here first. A little that bit. is true. But uh, what's his 40 time? I'll <laughs> right now, but anyways, man, shout out to everybody that's tuned in again. Uh. Maybe I'll have to bring you on another time. This this is the fourth episode of the Not Ideal Podcast. I think this is only the second one I've loaded up to YouTube. Obviously, this is a live, so it's going to be straight to the stream. Uh, in the link below, you can in the description below you can find the link to the Not Ideal Podcast on Apple, on Spotify, all that good stuff. Shout out to everybody, and you know I talk about oh me me me, but there are a lot of people that helped me along the way uh, in this process of entrepreneurship. Shout out to my guy uh, Chris Roscoe's. I talk to him. How often do I talk to Chris?
1: <laughs> too much.
0: Too much. There can't, can't be too much. I tell you, like, he helps me with all my stuff. So he is uh, very helpful. Yeah, very helpful. So shout out to Chris. Uh shout out to my guy Steve Mullen. I see him in the chat. Uh he helped me a lot with graphics and different things, especially when it came to the Patreon. Uh shout out to my mom. She's helped me in different ways. Uh Lavelle, along with the I mean, there's been so many people that have helped. So I talk like, oh man, I, you know, I had this plan and you know, I was trying to figure it all out, but uh I couldn't have done this without a lot of people that, that have helped me along the way. I missed a super chat. I didn't even see a super chat. Did you? What's a super chat? A super chat is somebody, somebody gave me some money. Oh, here we go. Yeah. All right. Niners deserve more, but here's a little bit. <laughs> oh, nurses deserve more. Excuse me, Rich. Oh, oh shout out to Rich. Uh, <laughs> look, I'm so I'm so uh, just conditioned to see Niners. So
1: obsessed with football. Yeah.
0: Shout out to my guy, Rich. There we go. Aww, 5 dollars. So there's, you. there's your first super chat, babe. Yay. Let's go. Let's go. Here it's we awesome. go. Ayo, Crock, beautiful family. But I wanted to say you motivated me a lot watching your Not Ideal podcast, and I was able to accomplish big things. Let's go. That's Listen, awesome.
1: the,
0: the Not Ideal podcast, and this is for whatever. You know, so I want to preface this by saying entrepreneurship isn't for everyone.
1: No, so not at it, all. it doesn't
0: have to be like you want to be a business owner or anything. But my thing is just whatever you aspire to be. Like go, go all in on that. Now don't, don't, I'm not telling you all to quit your jobs or anything, but you gotta make, you gotta put your all into it. Whatever that means for you, put your all into it and it'll help. I've been, uh. And you
1: have to have a plan before you like take action. Like I think right. sometimes people just like dive into it cause they're like impulsive. But I mean, how long did you sit on your business plan before it was actually able to start going in like real motion? Yeah, about four years. That's a long time, you guys. So.
0: Yeah, so I had a business plan. I knew in my head I wanted to do it. It was just trying to figure out how. And if you listen to the first episode of the Not Ideal podcast, you'll hear my story and my journey on kind of the thoughts behind that. And some of the people I have I called and, you know, they helped me throughout this process. I picked a lot of different people's brains. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, shout out to everybody in here. There was one question that was up if you go up. All right. Got a super chat here. Shout out to, let's go, $20. look hey, at that, baby. you are making it. money.
1: That's my best friend. Go best friend. That's, oh, that's Anna. Anna. That's Anna. Oh,
0: okay. I don't know her as Anna Lilia. Oh,
1: yeah. That's her real name, Anna Lilia.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Anna Lilia. What's up, Anna? Someone said, have you been to a 49ers game? Have you been to a 49ers game? Yeah. Uh, I have been to several 49ers games. And not only have I been to the games, I have done, uh, what is it? I was a credentialed member of the media. Yeah. How cool is that? Like, you know, that's like,
1: pretty awesome. So, somehow, especially with like, you're such a hardcore Niner fan. I mean, y'all, when I say even hardcore, is like an understatement. Like, <laughs> he is like the number one Niner fan. It's insane. Um, but for you to be able to go do that, I mean, is, is how amazing is that? Well,
0: I had to turn off the fandom and yeah. I had to turn on the professional crocky whatever version of Crocky that is, but yeah, it was really cool. I was in there. I mean, I, I was credentialed for training camp. I'm right there on the sideline at practices and stuff like that. Then I go into the, after the practices with the coaches and they're at the podium, I'm in there asking questions. Then I got credential for actual games. I was credentialed for four games. I was there when Jeff Wilson caught the game winning touchdown against the Cardinals in 2019. I was there when the 49ers lost on the one inch line to the Atlanta Falcons in 2019, uh, I did a ton of uh, being in the media. And in the booth, like I was in the media thing with all the media people. Eric Crocker out here, tatted up all the whole <laughs> the whole thing. And I'm looking like I am not like any of these people, but somehow I'm in here. So, yeah, not only have I been to several 49er games, but uh, I also was a credential member of the media as well. So that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. There were some questions up there. All right.
0: Yeah, I was at the NFC Championship game. Uh, not against not not this past one against the Rams, but I was at the one we went to the Green Bay 49ers versus Green Bay Packers when the 49ers won to go to the Super Bowl. I was at SoFi Stadium, I went to the, uh week 18, 49ers game.
1: Someone said, is your wife a Niners fan?
0: No, my wife is not a Niners fan. Uh she is a Raider fan. And I've tried to convert her and switch her over. She won't do it. She won't do it. So she's a Raider fan, Las Vegas Raiders. We will be in attendance at the 49ers versus Las Vegas Raiders game. Yes, we will. We will be there. All right. She said, do you call Eric Crocky?
1: Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes.
0: All the ladies call me Crocky. You know what I'm saying? That's where it came from. Sorry. (laughs) 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 but Now everybody call me Crocky. Y'all out to the Vegas game. Yes. Oh, yeah. Look, there we go. My mama's a nightmare fan. All right, but shout out to mom. She in the chat. You know what I'm saying? She raised a real one. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying?
1: Uh, what is your couple's nickname for Croc?
0: Hmm? What does that mean?
1: Um, Like, what is my nickname for you?
0: I just call you Babe.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like all we call. Whenever he calls me Stevie, it's almost like scary because I'm like, like, what's wrong? He rarely, I don't I don't remember the last time he's called me anything other than, than yeah, babe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you know what, y'all man, I appreciate everybody that's in here right now. If you haven't already, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, all that stuff helps. You know, however you found this channel. This is typically a 49ers driven channel, but I have started the not ideal podcast. This is episode four. <laughs> all right, this is episode four. So, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to go live all the time on my Not Ideal podcast when I have guests, but definitely went live this time. Is this what you're laughing at?
1: Yeah, he does.
0: <laughs> but listen, <laughs> am I am I a great value?
1: They great, are really good. First of all,
0: great value, I think they have the best products. It's not the fancy thing to do and people want all these different other things. But great to me, great value has the best products.
1: There is pictures of her in 49ers gear. I know. He made me. That's why.
0: Yep. Yeah, the pictures. I think are it's there. on
1: Google or something. Is it? It's like on Google or Wikipedia or something like that. Somebody, somebody found it and sent it to me. All
0: right, here we go. Someone said, uh, "Did you guys meet in Stockton?" We, we. I mean, I guess technically we met technically, up in Stockton, yeah. but yeah, I was, I was uh, in New Jersey at the time. I was with the Jets at the time. But um, when we first linked up, like, yeah, we were in Stockton.
1: Someone said that your wife should be a regular so she can get monetized. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you get monetized when I get monetized. What you talking about?
1: <laughs> Man. Originally we were supposed to start a podcast together. Um, that's what we talked about, but our schedule, it's really hard with our schedules.
0: But we'll 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 get her on and get her just thoughts on where we're at, you know, marriage yeah. and all that stuff. I like to be an open book because I feel like people can learn from it. So I try to, you know, not try to be real. I'm as real as I'm really as real as it gets when it comes to this stuff. So
1: mm-hmm. No. What does
0: that mean? <laughs> it doesn't
1: mean yeah. I was
0: agreeing with you. Yeah. I, like I can't lie because people know me, so it's like I, it's not like I can lie about. That's how I look at it. Like, I can't I can't sit up here and lie about something because people know me. Yeah. So if I'm lying, they're gonna be like, Eric's full of <laughs> crap. Like, yeah. Why? All right, but but anyways, man, again, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're listening to it on uh, one of those podcast formats. Uh, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Leave a five star review. Uh, leave a review. All that you know. Hit the star. All that good stuff, man. All of the above. All of the above. But that's gonna do it for this episode of the Not Ideal Podcast from Eric Crocker and Stevie Crocker. We are out. Appreciate all y'all. Love y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>